The following program is a fan-made review and reaction show. It is in no way affiliated with the movie trivia Schmodown or Skybound Entertainment. Welcome in, everybody. It is your Saturday edition of the Ultimate Schmodown Show. We're here to break down the amazing team's uh, title, pay-per-view. I mean, it's just an unbelievable Friday night. Joining me, as always, is my boy, my man, Boggs. How's it going, sir? All good, all good, man. Just, uh, yeah, uh, recovering from... Because I have a way different experience than you guys. Of course. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, I'm a bit tired today. Obviously, it comes on late. Yeah, in the UK, but yeah, no, uh, another good pay per view again. Um, obviously, we've seen a change of plans and stuff, and we'll get into it. And I can't wait to talk to our guest as well. We've got a very special guest, absolutely. And our guest this week is not John Barr, um, he <laughs> will be missed this episode, but uh, you know, who else can we get, folks? But one of the legends of the Schmodown, somebody who yep. is a part of every single match, but. You know, we've never seen him compete. That'd be an interesting man. I think that'd be, I think that'd be something. So we'll go ahead and bring him in. It is Eric Nerd Chronic himself, sir. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Fantastic. The great, the great Nerd Chronic. I was <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> whatever the Queen needs to call it, sir. Whatever it is, wait. We need to give you all the titles and Lord, 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 yeah. Chronic, that's fine. Lord the <laughs> Dark Lord of the Internet. Whatever you need, like. <laughs> The work you do, man, we just want to, off the top of the show, just say we appreciate it because it is such a, you know, it is an art to do that kind of, like, <laughs> cutting the promo is such an art, you know, watching some wrestling growing up, you know, just watching ESPN, all the hype videos and stuff. You do such a great job. It's it's so great to click up into Twitter and see, uh, ooh, is that two minutes and 20 seconds of a little juiciness I get? A little, you know, a little midweek <laughs> yeah. stuff. But Thanks, man. We, yeah, appreciate big it, yeah. fans. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I, today, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I mean, I know uh, uh, I, I don't want to say it gets it gets tired at all or anything because I know people uh, you know say it every once in a while. I don't want to let it get to my head, but I just want to do say it to you and everyone else who says it. Like I really do appreciate it because it's a lot of work that goes into it. And like otherwise, like editing, I think as you know, um, Colin, like it really goes unseen most of the time. Uh yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, I so like a lot of people who watch this know i just graduated film school and so there's we do everything when you know when you're in school you do everything from directing to shooting to to editing usually a whole project so you see every layer of production and editing is the one that usually you don't appreciate having somebody good on i call it the knobs having something good on the knobs <laughs> until you know you've seen it in action and you've seen like that took you how long is usually the moment i'm like that's somebody to keep around right <laughs> that is just an art so i can only imagine the difference uh you know even three years ago eric nerd chronic probably had you know a whole different process to this yeah. and yeah. now coming in now it's it's like breathing because you know starting out you know starting our podcast i mean boggs we we had our struggles but after like a month and a half you know you find a groove you find like your skeleton i usually like to call it your skeleton in production you find that right. you know you, you, you get the blueprint and then everything kind of falls into place. So I'm right. sure there's there's beats you like to hit and stuff like that that I'm sure has kind of evolved. You know, you've kind of gotten a little easier over time. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly what it is, and so yeah, the the process kind of like you know takes a form of itself once you kind of get going. And uh, I'm glad now that I could I do have a, a kind of solid process of how I do these things, and I'm able to churn out the you know amount of content that I, I that I do uh, for this this year that we needed to. It's it's just a it's just a copious amount of yeah. <laughs> content that you are yeah. as like there are teams of people at ESPN that put out the amount of content that you put out as an entity. So I get like, if you need, I mean, if you need references, you got people out here that appreciate and know like how hard it is to do what you do. So like, thanks. It, it, oof, oof. Thank you. You need to ask, uh, I think you need to ask Christian for a raise. The amount of Absolutely. <laughs> more. Just more. Yeah, just more. Yeah, 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 you're, definitely, you're, you're definitely a part of this throwdown now. Um, so yeah, I mean like you're, so you're not only with competitors, with uh it's with the fans as well the fans also appreciate you and your work uh as competitors so yeah just how does it feel to be an absolute fan favorite and uh, not as a player though as as a person working behind the scenes and being uh kind of adored by everyone uh i mean like i said you know before like it does feel great i mean because for the fact that i've been editing you know for about 15 years now um just like I, I learned when i was like early in high school and then like it was like i loved it when i first learned it and um very quickly i learned like i said that it's kind of the thing that goes a bit unseen like as by design you know like mm -hmm. uh you know when you do it right like people won't you know see like what you've done that's the point like you just make it seamless and uh for this uh when i started doing like primarily like the promos like last year in 2019 that was my main job in 2019 i was just doing the promos we had a, another editor aaron wilhelm who was handling the show mm -hmm. and um that's uh i really wanted to inject my specific you know style into it and that's why christian brought me on was because uh, he loved the style that i had uh, before that it was you know a handful of people who were doing it it was like rb3 and uh christian vokaba and stuff and they were doing the promos and you know all respect to them like beforehand for setting like you know like, like sort of a template of what christian wanted uh but when he saw what i was doing with it um he you know immediately wanted to bring me in because like he just loved uh my eye for like the style and like the vision that he had which was like again like he always said a wwe vision and I, I, you know, we clicked in that way really fast. I really understood what he wanted from like the kind of like scale of what the promos like should be. And so when I started doing them, uh, like I, it, I, you know, I still do this actually. What I do is every time I, you know, make a promo and now I edit the show, I uh, go and I read the comments. I read the discourse online, the Facebook, the Reddit, all that stuff. I watch the reaction videos. I watch your guys' stuff. I watch what people say about it because that's how I learn like what people how they're receiving it and so i may be able, able to kind of like adjust like you know beats and stuff like that i've learned kind of like minor uh things to make sure like uh, to get in there because it resonates better with people in certain ways and uh so when i started doing that for the promos last year i uh the first thing i saw was uh, people uh, the first match we did last year was uh the harris brothers versus critically acclaimed mm -hmm. and that was the first match one i ever did like for the match itself and uh i remember people saying like uh the music i, I the music i used was a little bit more like you know like fun kind of like energetic like to match like the teams like that we're playing and uh, i saw people in the comments saying like uh, i don't know if like this music really works like you know like i don't know it doesn't it seems like a little too lighthearted for like you know the like the the show and I commented, it's like, well, it's not going to be like the show. It's going to be per match. It's going to be like a music that we have, like per team, per match, like per story. And they're like, oh, like, that's cool. That's a good idea. And I was like, yeah, like, that's the kind of like, you know, uh, structure I want to bring to it is I want to have this kind of like tailor made for the person. 
And I think that's what like help people uh, connect with like the story and the show. And then also I then threw that to me um, because I liked to make sure that people understood that this was something that I was making for them. And I think they, they thankfully they, they latched onto the idea that this is a person who's making uh, the content with like a specific eye for the show and for them to, to enjoy in a certain manner, not just like a template of like, here's like a story, here's like music and just, just go. I wanted to make sure like every match kind of has like a specific feel to it. Um, and yeah, uh, thankfully now we're a year, a year and a half, almost two years into it now uh, by me doing that. And uh, people kind of uh, understand when you know, the promo is about to roll, it's going to be something unique that you see to the match and to the people playing. Absolutely. And that's something that you can tell, um, at least for me on the, back into production so like my day job when COVID isn't happening is uh is uh college basketball i do the uh video board so i'm managing everything you know ads all that kind of stuff it's just all that kind of different stuff jumbling all over the place and the respect that you could tell for the people that do it well is like you watch like an espn game that they've been promoting for you know six days a saturday night football game like tonight there's like alabama versus georgia and we've seen you know custom promos all week long for this game and then i turn on sunday night football and i see carrie underwood do the same you know it's just a cut thing that (laughs) like they change two sentences in the entire promo every week and that's their job which that's on a national level on one of the most watched shows in the world and just the effort that you put into it is really (laughs) why i appreciate what you do so much because it's it's endless. Like, I can't even begin to fathom like what your workflow is like. I don't even want to look over into your bins on Premiere or whatever you use. It's just like would be absurd. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a you know, house of cards at this point. But luckily, I, I know where everything is and it's pretty uh, solid at this point. And I have redundancies built in. So make sure all that stuff is safe, safe where it needs to be. But, you know, you couldn't do all this if you weren't a fan of the game. So, I mean, let's talk about the game a little bit, because yeah. last night was absolutely unbelievable we had our pregame show and we broke down the uh both of the semifinals that took the singles matches so we've already that's all in the past now to us it feels like two years ago and the pay-per-view was just oh spot on i felt like it kind of everything moved well all the matches kind of felt like nothing was a letdown like we've had a couple of those this season where they've been a little hypey and then didn't the, the matches didn't quite deliver to the hype but this delivered and Boggs, I'll throw it to you, dude. That first match, how, how, I mean, where were you at uh, coming out of it? I feel like it was it was great. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially as soon as Gray Drake came in, uh, dressed as Stacy. Uh, yeah, I thought she was fun. I completely forgot she was in the Finstock Exchange. So I'm watching, and, and then when he brings obviously uh, Finstock on, and he's you know sitting in that like thriller, you know how Michael Jackson sits in the thriller album position. <laughs> I was like, well, I completely forgot. Like, it was like, such a nice surprise. Um, so yeah, it was super fun. Him and Roxy going at it. I mean, for me, that never gets old. Um, I, I like the, the banter and the exchange. And what, like, Gucci takes so many shots from Christian, from my, from uh, Mark and Roxy, and he still kind of holds his own. Uh, but yeah, like I discussed it in the week, um, that I think I genuinely think that Stacy is one of the kind of pound for pound most entertaining players in the sport. Like. I, like you just know in round three, like she's gonna get some points. Like whatever in round one, okay, she she's probably not gonna go perfect in round two. She's probably not gonna go perfect, and she'll leave points up for uh, for grabs. But in round three, you know she's getting random deep cuts that like you wouldn't even think. So um, yeah, like I was super hyped up for it, and um, yeah, I thought uh, it started off great though with the with the whole kind of uh, entertainment at the top. 
So, Eric, was this your first time uh, cutting anything for Gray? Or had you done some stuff for last season? Because I know it had been a minute since she, you know, played. Yeah. She, yeah, she hasn't been around since uh, 2018. Uh, so she's been primarily in teams. She hasn't. She's only played uh, one singles, I believe, uh, as from uh, back in the day uh, when we were at the Collider Studio. And um, it's, yeah, it's been a while since she's been back. So this, this was the first thing I ever cut for her, as far as like a promo goes. And I was really excited, you know, because like I know she always brought she's always brought character to her performance, and uh, I was excited to kind of work with that. And she did, like she she absolutely absolutely brought that with the edit, and she sent me a bunch of clips of you know her the talking head and then also the clips of her like doing the training and stuff like that which i was able to like, luckily put together uh in a fashion i think she kind of envisioned um but yeah i mean you're right though like what i was most excited about for this match though was the fact that you say you know uh, boggs is you're right that stacy's kind of like a known character in this and uh so is gray like they're two of the like not in the you know age-wise but oldest uh you know um competitors that we have female competitors that we have in the show and it's such a great uh dynamic to have them together they never played played each other mm -hmm. at any point but it's almost like these two uh titans of like uh what the show was uh, has been for like many years coming together finally it's, it was an absolutely great matchup to see them come together uh and like the styles that they had and the kind of personality that they had uh going against each other it was like a perfect match and i think it's probably one of the best undercards we've, we've probably ever had um because of one the the knowledge uh the showmanship and then also uh the like you said box like the kind of fourth quarter nature that stacy has that she comes in you know the round one is never really her thing uh but she uh, does always deliver in the end and she was always always able to manage to pull out like these really huge pulls when she needs to and she doesn't seem to fail in that like especially in the, even in this match like she manages to get the one that pretty much saved her in the god of the match and that's just another thing about what i i agree with you where this is definitely the best undercard we've had this season mm -hmm. because very rarely have the undercards been and i'll borrow a term from betting been a pick them yeah. this is pick a match you you could you could have told me five reasons why gray drake was going to win this match which i tried to do last night was wrong but you could have given five reasons why stacy was going to win and they were all very valid points and that was just something we hadn't seen for a while there was i feel like there was a massive gap between where uh uh you know how the warfather approached his match against janine and how janine approached that match and yeah. that proved to be why janine came off on top and yeah. this this is just solid and Fox, i mean if you would like to take us through round one this just seemed to be you know another reason why this was a great match to put together yeah definitely so um Great Drake getting seven out of eight altogether. I thought, okay, like I picked Stacey Howard to win. So I'm thinking, oh my God, like I'm thinking Gray Drake was going to be the rusty competitor coming in, but it was seems to be the opposite. It seems to be Stacey Howard. Uh, I was super surprised at that. And the way that kind of she's holding the wine glass and completely relaxed, great attitude. I think she's playing, the, to me, she was playing the game in the right way. Um, so I did kind of enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I was, I was a little bit surprised at the, the, the rust from Stacey Howard, but all i was kept thinking was stay in it in terms of uh reasonable enough score because going into the later rounds we know that she's gonna you know she's gonna get some big points there um but no quite quick question so you know in terms of the editing like you said like she sent you footage and stuff who who sent like i'm wondering who is anyone or any teams maybe or players that are more like uh i want to say harder to work with but like the ones that kind of continuously maybe um want a little more creative control 
yeah like maybe if you give them a deadline and then they're sending you footage after that deadline to say oh can you just change this can you just add this or that kind of thing is there any who are the ones that are kind of the the kind of more, more kind of have the most requirements uh i mean i it, i i won't you know, won't give any like too spe- like too many specifics on this like just mm-hmm. i don't want to throw anyone under the bus but i mean i can <laughs> name throw what, drag <laughs> them yeah i can um no i can i can comment i guess on what is apparent through like the work and like through what people obviously can discern through the right. through the promos which is that you know there are like a handful of occasions where in the promos you'll see that uh that uh, gucci is not present like in the promos like last night he was not in the promo uh it's because like he's, he's a busy man he's a hard man to wrangle like no you know no shade on him but like he is yeah. a guy that like you know occasionally that forgets to send the promo in like it's it's fine we're just at the point though where uh we can't really like keep reaching out like if someone doesn't send something in if they don't yeah. send it in we just have to roll on like you know we've missed a few with a couple of other people so like mm-hmm. it's, it's it happens um, but yeah, usually people, some people are, are good at getting me uh, stuff on time. We do have deadlines that we send everyone like mm-hmm. here, here's your match. Here's what we need to promo by, um, send it to here, so on, so on. And then I'll have everything kind of in a bin that we have like structured through Skybound to send to me. And uh, yeah, so luckily everyone is able to kind of manage that like pretty easily. Um, there's just people who get, you know, they're busy, they're abroad, like they don't have access to like, you know, like a time to, to just film it. And uh yeah. Luckily, I think for the one that we had last night, uh, everyone was pretty on top of it. Like I know I got the uh, the main event uh, promos like way in advance, like because they were re- ready for it. Um, the ones that, uh, as far as like content goes, are making it fun. Um, uh, you know, it's it's the ones that have like you know the certain like kind of style like you know fun that they add to it that makes it mm-hmm. sometimes easy but also makes it sometimes a bit difficult mm-hmm. um you know like last night like you know bibs is also like a person who always has like really fun with his promos yeah. and so that uh depending on who he's playing that makes it very fun that makes it very easy because i just that i let that go i let that let that kind of drive the energy of the promo uh but other times if it has like the promo needs to have a certain energy it becomes a bit trickier to kind of like manage that manage his certain style with like what the promo needs for mm-hmm. the type of match that we're seeing yeah that's something it, it, yeah it's such a balance because you got like and, and that just goes back to what you were saying before about how you you digest everything we digest you you read the the, the facebook group you go on reddit like you know you're on twitter yeah. all the time reading what everybody's saying that's just like it it's just the care it just goes back to like all yeah. the things that like they like it's the level of like, well, even if I'm sure even if Gucci doesn't show up or put the thing in, you got to bin <laughs> random Gucci quotes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Right? You could throw in a Gucci soundbite that's from six weeks ago and it still probably plays great. And like, oh, this guy's a, a schmuck or whatever. He's yeah. yeah somebody, get, right. Exactly. Yeah, There's like, for every yeah, occasion. The Gucciisms that he has. Exactly. Kind of going on. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Did Gucci say this or, or is this a U.S. president? Is now my yeah. new favorite game to play <laughs> in the world. That's just like, it's so great. But I'm thinking when it comes to these competitors that uh, like Boggs, like you were saying, you weren't feeling Stacy coming out of the first round. You mm. felt ring rust. And that goes completely into the second round of both of these competitors just having to. It feels like they're both just having to get through it. I feel like both of these second rounds were not, you know, they weren't, you know, too Ah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a huge wave game push, but box, where were you during right, round two? Did you, were you a little happier about it than yeah, you know, so, with your pick? Uh, not yet. I was glad that right. she kept the score close. That was the main thing. That's all I kept thinking. Take her, take her close to going into round three. Um, Grace has gone first. She's elected to go first. Um, and that's what I mean. When she's told uh, Gucci to, uh, you know, thank you for your tutelage. And he's like, it's great, isn't it? And then Roxy's like, what are you talking about? 
yeah, I, I, lo- I love that kind of stuff. It's just, it's, you know, it's just the stupidity of it. It's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, I love that. She's uh, initially spun costume, um, costume period dramas, and then she spun away from that, hit 90s, and she has gone kind of perfect in that round. The first question going multiple choice um, on the um, the Leon, uh, who, which Oscar nominee played um, the normal character in Leon, which is Gary Oldman. Well, she's gone perfect for the rest of that round. Really solid round. Um, thoroughly impressed with her. I'm thinking, okay, Stacey's in trouble here. Unless she, maybe she hits one of her uh, kind of strengths, then um, you know she might she might be in trouble going into the third a strength round, but... in a category no one had ever heard of before. Yeah. Except at the uh, what do they call those? The technical Oscars. That sounded like a technical Oscars category that yeah, they yeah. put. I was like, where? Who, what is this? Like, <laughs> Luckily, spins spinner's choice and hits it, and then hits um, it. I was like, what in the world? Yeah, she gets six out of eight. She misses her second one, the Christopher Reeve question, um, which yeah, luckily didn't get stolen for her. Uh, but yeah, she kept kept the scores close going into round three, which uh, big things big things happening. So um, yeah, no chronic. What are you thinking round two? Uh, yeah, I was surprised because it was funny that, uh, you know, Gray's whole like shtick was like about, you know, kind of uh, emulating Stacey and like uh, she spun away from costume dramas and that's the one that Stacey wanted. Um, and, I, and I do know, and Stacey definitely knows her period costume dramas. And uh, I was kind of glad to see that uh, that slice kind of taken because otherwise I don't think anyone's going to take that like all year. I don't think anyone has. I don't think anyone is going to like for the rest of the year. Um, mm-hmm. So I was interested to see what those questions were like. And like they were they were they were good questions. Like, you know, they were they were well-rounded ones because uh, I've seen, you know, like those movies as well. And I, I do think that you can get really deep with those and you can get really tricky. And luckily, like they weren't, I think, like too difficult, but they're like uh, strong enough to show that uh, if you're not you know, totally familiar with those that that genre, then it could be it could trip you up. And Stacy, uh, you know, exhibited like a good solid round because, like again, like she's a round three player. And uh, coming out of round one, it was like a it was like a decent showing. And then round two, she had it, and I think that kept her in the game uh, well enough to you know combat Gray getting nineties. And I think uh, luckily that was two slices that made it one fun to watch because like they uh, knew it pretty well. Then two, it kept it competitive because like the two of them, obviously like uh, they, they, there were traps on the wheel. I think that would like really sunk either them but uh coming into round three i think that was like a good enough showing between the two of them to make sure that okay if stacy does, does what she does uh usually in round three that it's going to be like a, a longer match and it, it really came down to what gray was going to be able to do in round three which as we saw you know kind of like you know decided like where, where the game went after that mm-hmm. absolutely and that's that's what you want though like like you say sinkholes that's kind of been the doom of a lot of these undercards has just been a bad spin of the wheel. It's either opponent's choice or something just not going in one player's way that just kind of makes the match feel uneven, completely uneven when it, when it, it, you know, it's a 10 point win as opposed to a four point win, which, you know, it'll totally change the context of how people talk about the match. So that's why this is just, that's it was a pick them through and through like (laughs) the the lead changed, well, the lead changes and then, you know, Stacey eventually coming out on top because Boggs, like you say, probably the best round three wild card that exists in the league because I think she just has probably a top five recall in the entire league because I think she's definitely one of those players that she either knows it or she has no idea. And she knows she has no idea. And then that's when she'll get into her character. And that almost calms her down sometimes, which I feel like a lot of players don't have that kind of mind space, which we'll talk about in a second with somebody who's a very experienced player who couldn't get out of their own head. But that's hard to do after, you know, 
Stacy was probably talked up all week by Roxy that you're the you're the favorite going into this. Mm-hmm. You're all this this, and then Gray comes out round one. You know, it's still you know still heading into round two. It's still anyone's game. Stacy comes out and just proves time and time again that she's not one to be trifled with. And again, one of the most, I think she's a top 10, 15 singles player, hands down. I mean, I can't, you know, I don't think there's, there's a short list of people that people don't want to play. And Stacy has taken out some Titans in this game because she just plays her game. Yeah. And I think that's hard to do in, in, you know, in with everything we all have going on to just play your game. So I think I was really impressed. That's why I was really impressed by her was just being able to not get not get deterred by the moment. So Boggs, congratulations! You were one for one on the evening up until this point. I was zero for one. So, congrats, my friend. Yeah, how does that taste? How does that muffle taste? Well, I went zero for three because we know what happens in the teams match, and then the Braves lost the lead to the Dodgers. So I went zero for three last. But then let me just say that Stacey's bit of where where people if anyone questions her ability or say it's lucky or anything like that, it, it's past that stage now. Like she does it so many times. Like it's a skill to narrow down. Um, if you don't maybe know the answer, it's a skill to narrow down the kind of potential answer or uh, try and kind of fish it out from your you know using your repeats um, and using kind of your knowledge to do that. Um, so she's done it way too many times for it to be an accident or fluke or lucky. Um, that's past that stage. That's definitely a skill. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting. What's interesting, I was going to say, it's a, it's a skill. It's also like a hard skill to strategize against definitely. because, like, you just exactly it, like you can't like really go into it and say like, okay, I know what her weaknesses are. Like, you can you can kind of like pick those apart, but like you don't know when she's going to get those pulls and like it, and it'll just save her in the last second. Like, it's hard to kind of like go into it and like anticipate like, what she's going to really like pull out of her pocket uh, when you don't really know like the stuff that she's kind of watched and like just has in the back of her mind that she didn't really know she'd ever use, but but it's there and she'll pull it out when she needs it and it's unreal to see her um like the spectrum of 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 wheel slices that she's really comfortable in because there was a time where uh her and brianne would just run train on teams because they would spin dance movies or or musicals and that's you know for a lot of i'm just gonna call them out for a lot of male competitors that is not up their alley that is yeah. something they have. That, that that might as well be the MCU to the prom queen, and, yeah. right? And and they're just like it's on a whole other spectrum of trying to understand it, and that's that's something that she's super comfortable with. That's some that's a just a whole. Be, she's comfortable where a lot of players are uncomfortable, and yeah. that is an extremely strong mindset to be able to be in because round three, she knows exactly what she knows and what she doesn't know. And it, she's probably hit every slice on the wheel at this point, or at least knows of every one of them. And there's just some that she doesn't have to study for that a lot of other players put a lot of time and effort into to become full, complete Schmodown players. Yeah. And it's just been really impressive to watch her uh, over the last three or four seasons just evolve into – a really, really feared player. And that's what I my biggest point this week was that Gray Drake is the OG. You want to talk yeah. about female competitor in this league? She yeah. is the OG. Like I'm a, I'm a season one, I got my season one tag somewhere. Like there's like I've been watching <laughs> for a long time. And she was the one of the first people to come into that studio in season one and provide a little bit of fun 
It was box office breakdown with JTE and Finstock coming in with the uh, with the monk outfits and, <laughs> and Finstock had the mask on and a monk costume, which was like I was like, oh, this is a whole different vibe. What we got going on here right now? And, and Gray comes in with some awesome stuff with Matt Achity, and they're just they provided the original fun, really. Like they 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 made it about more than trivia early on and that's what's been so successful about this game so to see that continue on and stacy's just an evolution of that because mm-hmm. stacy was i mean she's the she was the queen of studio entrances i mean before yeah. clark before clark wolf and, and um and rachel stole the titles like <laughs> brianne and and stacy would come in there and just have the best intros of anyone so yeah. it's just that, that's it's it was a pick them on every level who was going to have the best entrance who was going to have the best performance both these players are so equal so it was just it was great. I'd give it a yeah. 10 out of 10 on a match if I could rate this match. 10 out yeah, 10. and uh, and I'm really glad, too, just I think uh, for the Finstock Exchange, at least, uh, Gray getting to play at least rounds out their entire roster. So now everyone has had a chance to play, mm-hmm. uh, which is not true for you know some of the factions, which is, is unfortunate. That's just the kind of the luck of the draw that we have this season. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm I was glad that I think we got to see at least that entire roster play because it, it was a huge roster that they had. And when they initially got picked, I was like, oh, man, like Gray, like I didn't have we haven't seen her in a long time. Like I don't even know what her availability is these days. And luckily she was able to jump in for this one. And uh, she didn't disappoint. Like I would say that like at all. No. Even though you know she didn't, she didn't take the match. Like it's again, it's it's what you know. Like I kind of you know, kind of reaffirm with a lot of competitors. Like look, like you know, performance, like trivia stuff, like that's important. Like sure, but like your showmanship and your presence, like plays a huge part in what this like show is. Like you know, it's it's a, it's a sport. But it's also a show in a sense. And we always try to keep that balance. And so I'm glad that by the end the end of it all, like they both put on a great show, and that's kind of like what people wanted to see uh, from an undercard like that. Because like Gray, you know, obviously is like you said, like the originator of like kind of having like a fun uh, presence in the in the competition. And I think that she brought that back in a sense where like it didn't feel like she missed she missed a beat like this is exactly what the great exactly great we remember her as we what we wanted to see and there's there was no ring rust on her like bog like bog bogs kind of like, like bogs expected the ring rust to be on the other side on yeah. or, or on gray it, and yeah. it ended up being on stacy yeah. and so it just took great just felt comfortable and i think that's why yeah. that she's comfortable all over the place and that's another thing you got to fear this season are these people who it's literally their job to watch movies yeah <laughs> and that is just there's a fearfulness to something like i think the witching hour has to be one of the biggest you know dark horses just in terms of overall ability to get to the right answer perry and Haley are like hey that's scary like they, they know a lot of stuff yeah. and they know a lot of ways like like the right answer on a team's question can usually be be, be found by like well, I know this person from this thing, or maybe it's this. If you don't know the answer, you're able to connect those dots better. And I just feel like they're going to have a great rapport. It's yeah. really hard to find. And both of these players, Stacey and Gray, are those kind of players where they just have a good, solid base knowledge. And if you add, and Stacey said, oh, I didn't study for this, like, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but, like, if she, imagine if she did, like, that's kind of the real, I mean, of course, you know, she may have studied. It could just, yeah. I never trust anyone where they're like, I didn't study for this. Because some of them yeah. take it too seriously to not study. Yeah, <laughs> but Boggs, where were you coming out of this match? I mean, you were right and kind of, you know, transition us into, you know, match number two. Which yeah. Was- so in, t- in terms of rustiness, I mean, I, I won't completely agree. I will say that there was, there were a little bit rusty, like a great Drake did miss that Superman question, which I felt like she knew, but she just couldn't recall that. 
maybe because she hasn't played in, like you said, a couple of years. And um, Stacey particularly missed that Scarface question in round one, which I thought stood out. There is rust there, but um, I think that's something to be worked on. You know, obviously having regular matches, being in tournaments, things like that, you wouldn't miss them questions. So, um, yeah, maybe going on to next year when they have a, uh, a kind of more thorough schedule, that wouldn't happen. But, yeah, just at the end when Roxy was summarising that, something stood out for me when um, she's mentioned that Finstock hasn't learned from his mistakes. And I think they showed the league tape, the, the league standings after that. And I noticed uh, Finstock's exchange was third. And there were five points behind Swag. Sorry, um, uh, I think uh, one point behind Swag. And they played five more matches. And I thought, you know what, mate? I think maybe she's got a point. Like, <laughs> I don't know, just because, um, like, how kind of ahead they were. And, you know, on paper, he has the highest squad. Um, it's got, you know, most, uh, the best players. Uh, and I just thought maybe, maybe he hasn't. You know, maybe it's... Um, I don't know if it's his fault, you know, because they are obviously not winning the matches. But, um, yeah, I just thought maybe there's potentially some truth in that, uh, which I just found interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I, I do want to say, you know, like the, the managing between obviously Finstock and Roxy have gone back and forth on this like all season um, mm -hmm. as far as like who's the better manager and like they will always go back and forth on it. But yeah. like I do think that I, I really do think that Roxy is an underappreciated manager like for what she does because yeah. uh, I, I, I'm there's there's again there's two there's a balance between like what we see and what we don't see as far as like managing goes like what is like a quote-unquote like real because um, mm -hmm. like managers for the most part like serve I think first and foremost as like a mouthpiece like that's kind of what they're there for like they're there to speak for the competitors on a certain level and mm -hmm. to kind of like represent them that comes that from the wrestling side right like that's yeah, that's yeah. the wrestling part of this and then yeah, we yeah. And then, unfortunately, we have to bring, like, the real world coach, like a real, you know, not real. I, I hate to say that. I hate yeah, yeah, yeah. That. That's, That's like, a quote-unquote real, yeah, yeah. Quote-unquote <laughs> professional, like, NFL coaching. Because then at yeah. some point, this is a, it's a real competition, scripted yeah. yet unscripted. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so there's a balance between those two. And I do think that Roxy is the type of manager that she can speak for her players very comfortably. But she is also the type of manager that is always up to bat for her players. Like, she'll fight for them. She'll stand in their corner. She'll make them feel comfortable. Like, she's always there to make sure that, you know, they are in the right space so they can compete at their highest level. And um, Gucci, like, you know, I do think he's, like, he's a good manager in a sense where he, like, is also, like, in their corner. And I think it's what, it's what Bateman's always praised about him uh, until recently uh, is that uh, he uh, was always the type of guy that was always there to kind of, like, reaffirm their choices and, like, reaffirm, like, okay, are you sure about this? To make them, like, kind of feel confident in what they're doing. Um, but I do think that he had a different kind of approach to – most of his faction because like the top dogs that he has are people who are very self-sustained you know like moral bateman riley uh, uh roca all of them like they kind of are players that have been able to go on the runs that they've had for so many years because they didn't have managers and because mm -hmm. they have like raw talent and skill and strategy to them and so he doesn't really need to help them in like large senses like that uh whereas they get to like the kind of like the lower level players not in terms of talent but in terms of like just like the roster um mm -hmm. you get like you know sabrina and barbarian and like gray and stuff and they i think those people might need like a little more hands-on you mm -hmm. know like uh, managing and yeah. he probably just doesn't have like the kind of experience that roxy has who went into this season with the dedication to say like i'm going to pick people that i want 
to fight for. I'm going to pick people that I want to raise up and to make sure, like, to, that so they know and everyone else knows that I have their back and that I'm helping them. And Gucci came in with things like thinking I'm, I'm, I'm retaining, you know, like the kind of like the big dogs of like last season, and mm-hmm. I'll let them kind of like go at it and like I'll just be in their corner and support them when they need it. Um, so again, it's two different kind of schools of approach that we see kind of clashing, uh, especially now in the latter half of the season when we're almost done. And for last night, uh, Roxy, I think, had the edge on him there. Uh, with these two competitors who haven't played in a while, um, and for Gucci in particular, a competitor who hasn't played in a long, long while. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of where maybe some of the managing did rub against each other, and Roxy had a bit of the the um, strategy and the edge on that for over him. Absolutely, and that's kind of been something um, that we've talked about a lot on this show is managing because it's yeah. a new facet to this game. It's mm-hmm. a new, especially this season. It's taken on a whole new meaning, yeah. and I know it's taken on a whole bigger time slot than it used to in yeah. your uh you know in your timelines yeah. <laughs> like, I, like I, we bogs and i are uh, about to start competing in a fan league and so we went back to start watching uh some older episodes and we were watching uh like the inner geekdom five ways from last season yeah. and just like how much different like it all like you know just the whole show felt because they yeah. just didn't you know, like the managers just didn't have this much time to go at each other yeah. and i can only and i'm curious how if you have any um just thoughts on like how these two worlds i guess like what we've learned in this digital world and then what we've done in the past how are those going to coexist when we return to you know like a studio setting do you feel that the managers you know it's going to be as you know as loud or is it going to return to you know more of that kind of behind the scenes promo stuff uh i think it'll probably we'll probably veer back a little bit into the, the behind the scenes type of talks uh, where we won't hear everything they're saying uh from primarily a production standpoint that's why we didn't have that stuff in the old studio was because uh the managers weren't mic'd so like they couldn't really we couldn't really you know hear what they were telling them anyway so uh we let them kind of come between rounds and like quickly say in like the you know 30 seconds or so that takes Mark to read the rules. Like we'll let them like kind of talk in their ear and like give whatever, whatever the pep talk they need to give them our strategy. And uh, now we have the digital space and it's a little hard to do that. We can't have them talk over Mark and we can't have them uh, say stuff that isn't heard uh, obviously. So we let that be a part of the show because it, it's a, we tried it at first. If you watch the first couple of digital matches, like you see, we tried cutting it out. We tried, um, like uh, if you'll, you'll see uh, one of the first few matches, I think for Inner Geekdom uh, or Star Wars, like we had, uh, I remember we had like a wipe saying like, okay, here's like now they're going to talk and we'll come back and we'll be done. Um, and then we decided like, it's, it's just, it's a little smoother I, from projection standpoint overall, just to let them say it, let them hear what they're going to say. It does add on like a huge amount of time to the show. Like, and that is something we I think we want to refine next season, like just to cause obviously, cause if we're in person, it'll be easier to do that. But, um, but yeah, having it now in the digital, age uh, it was easier to have them just say what they're going to say as opposed to having to always dance around like okay like here's a white graphic here's now then we're back right. now here this the, yeah there was like too many moving parts to it um and so i i do think once we get back into a new studio because we're not going to go back to the old studio once we're back in person uh that we'll have uh an, a, a new setup to make sure that they can speak i guess like a certain amount to make sure like their you know presence is known but also kind of streamline how we're doing these matches so they're a little smoother and faster like like they used to be yeah i do yeah that was the one thing that we that we noticed it was just yeah. like i I appreciate it this year because yeah. it's something we never got, right? So it's kind of like you're getting uh, 
the Blu-ray exclusives yeah. all yeah. This, this season, right? Like we're getting like the special features all year. Yeah. And we're hearing conversations between teammates. Like that was that yeah. was the one thing that we yeah. we hyped on that for I, I we must have talked uh, for uh, two hours about a, a total over the course of three episodes about like how big a deal it was to us that we were able to hear their you know back and forth that we were never able to hear before for four or yeah. five years like it, it was just like a totally different experience and i was just I, I, that part i'm excited to not have again because i do feel like there is something to be said of we are as competitors giving too much away in yeah. round two round three like having to talk out like giving 60 seconds christian maybe 30 seconds you know maybe 40 seconds or whatever but like it's kind of it, there have been rules built into this digital season that, like you've said, it has extended the time. So, yeah, there's some yeah. – we'll, we'll trim the fat, but I'm excited. Sometimes you need a little fat sometimes, right? <laughs> it, it, it makes the flavor better. It makes yeah, it, better. it rounds it out. And, uh, yeah, I think once we get into the studio, I, I do feel that we'll have the ability to get back into, like, the kind of, like, you know, uh, quicker uh, transitions between, like, the team play and, like, the trans managers. Uh, I just think that, luckily, you know – the season was kind of like a real monkey's paw situation where you know, people were asking, I really want to hear what the managers are saying. Like, that would be interesting to hear. Then here we go. Now you get to hear everything they say. And like, we have, you know, six seconds each round and something for each manager to say something. And so now we get everything in. Luckily, if we do go back into the studio next year uh, early enough to like to start shooting and we uh, don't have like managers saying as much, luckily this year gave us enough for people to understand, you know, who they are and like, what impact they have. So Absolutely. we know that, you know, Koi is definitely a, you're probably saying this thing to them like with this approach we know roxy's doing this and so they each have their kind of dynamic known now whereas if we were able to do like studio matches all year like normally uh, i think that we would have probably like ended the year with people like still kind of confused saying like well what do the managers really do like what are they really saying what are they really contributing to this to these matches um luckily we know now so we can get back to normal studio play next year and like really know okay this is what they're bringing to the table we don't need to hear everything as we were but we do know now like what exactly they are like contributing to these these competitors each match yeah and i think that's something that players are going to start to take into consideration as well because yeah. now players have never had more exposure and with the introduction of factions factions and managers is somebody you know who's watched this for a really long time are the are the most important introductions to this game in terms of content in terms of expanding the universe in terms of how broad the conversation can be because it used to just be we're talking about mount rushmore on you know a facebook group about you know who the best players of all time are now yeah. we're talking about teams now we're talking about uh, you know we, we've added extra depth to this and now that's something that i think a lot of players are going to look at and be like mm, maybe bob finsuck and all that because it doesn't seem like if he's the right guy for me so i think yeah. this is the first time we're in a position where players have more exposure to all this stuff and it's gonna i think next year has the opportunity to be better than this year because of that. And we're going to see some players switch teams to some more suitable situations that they've been able to watch and be like, Hmm, I'd like the way Winston handles his business. Yeah. And I like, you know, or I like the way Coy handles his players, or I like the way Roxy handles her players at anyone. And it's just a whole other depth to this box. Do you see, I know we've, we've all, We've all been talking over the last like month and a half that you know <laughs> if, if John Rocco were to go somewhere, we'd love to see him go to swag because him and Winston would just be like the most like swaggiest thing ever. But that's I think you agree, like that's kind of been the the best part about this season is seeing the evolution of what the game is turning into, and it's just it's raising the ceiling. Yeah, exactly what 
agree with what No Chronic saying. It's like we have a routine now, so we know exactly all the additional factors, the managerial, the style, uh, the strategies, the tactics that they use. We know we now know all that instead of assuming or instead of them telling us or instead of a player telling us. Now we know. So in studio, when if that doesn't happen, at least we now know you know what does happen or any kind of online matches that happen. You know that, that at least the the template is there for us to kind of uh, know moving forward and fans moving forward. Uh, sorry, and players moving forward as well, like what you're saying, Colin, where players now are going to be drafting next year or thinking about going to another team. They know now. What free happens. agency. I've never been more excited for a free agency period in my life because now it's like this season, it was just players texting, talking to one another, having to go off of experiences. Maybe they met somebody at a live event or maybe yeah. they met somebody at a studio recording. Like Eric saying, we know these people now. We know their personalities. That that so now there's no question what they're going to be like in a match because you know exactly what they're like in the middle of a match. So it's just it just just raises the it just raises the ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. For I mean, for these factions in particular, because you know, um, yesterday we just had uh, the match between Liz and uh, Adam Collins uh, before the main event and for the pay per view. And yeah. I do think that us uh, we just are seeing the two top dogs now, which is Shannon and Winston, go at it and like. Uh, Shannon really uh, exhibits like a certain type of like a good like a great balance of what I was saying. Uh, maybe because she has a close relationship with Mike and Chance that 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 she had prior coming into the season, that shows like what like managing really can do for players. Um, and so uh, coming into the main event, I do think that she had like a, again like kind of the edge on it because uh, Koi uh, he is like I think one of the better ones that we have right now, uh, but. Uh, he comes in with like a, I think a harder strategy than she does, where she comes in with like a more comfortable nature than like what what he does because like he uh, he had to get to know Brendan and uh, Bibbs coming into this coming into the season and he did a great job of that. But Shannon comes in with this kind of like built-in foundation of like what chance it might have, and so coming into the main event, I do think that they were able to uh, put together like we see the, again the clash of, like these two schools of approach for like what. Uh, Koi is doing with them in terms of like having to work harder to make sure that they are good to go and Shannon coming in with this type of type of dynamic that we have what we have and we're good to go and so like again that's I think what kind of helped play out uh, the events that we saw in the main event and Koi's definitely changed it up I think Koi yeah. is the name that we have like grown over the season to just fall in love with i was a koi fan just of like his content before he became a manager so the second he became a manager i was like oh this is gonna be awesome more koi great and then he got more comfortable with it throughout the season he became a better manager the second that his his players stepped up their play he stepped up he says he's a boston kid he's a fourth quarter guy he takes that patriots energy and he plugs it into everything so he's a winner and he proved it so boggs Let's get into the match because this match is full of spiciness that gets it's like very hot at the beginning. And then it's just like a sustained spice for the rest of the match that you just can't seem to shake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah going into it. I mean, um, just on the back of what you knows chronic saying there, where I think that came to a head a little bit. The different styles, Koi and um, Shannon in there kind of when they first come onto the stream, where Koi's kind of took shots at after the promo, of course, uh, took shots at Shannon and uh, and Mike, um, which I was quite surprised with. I thought, because that's not really his style, but, you know, he's literally said, okay, it's a title match. I'm going to try it. Let's see what happens. Um, I don't know if that maybe played into the match. It maybe got in their heads a little bit. Maybe uh, it took some um, pressure off Shazam. Um, but, yeah, like, I did like that. Um, you know, him trying to – I thought that took a bit of bottle because that's definitely out of character. 
Um, so luckily it paid off basically. Um, but yeah, just to say that that promo, um, I think that was for me, that was the best promo since Corruption and Finding Fathers. Because you know, like Corruption, they've just got so many highlights. And you've used obviously highlights from live events, studio matches, but you also, I noticed, you used quite a few highlights from the digital matches as well. You know, because obviously they won the title match and they're in a geekdom situation. So uh, yeah, I was really impressed with that. And obviously, Bibbs, um, like you said, he's, he's one of the more uh, entertaining people just to use. You know, when he's doing the kind of reps with the DVDs, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. any second now, and then he does it. Do yeah. you just crack yeah. up sometimes? Like, is there just times where somebody sends you something like, and you just bust it? up? Because that, yeah. I couldn't imagine opening up a file and just seeing bibs yeah. just lifting a rope. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah there's occasionally when, yeah, someone sends me like a bunch of stuff like that, like the bits and everything, that I do crack up when I first see it because it's like, I, 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 it's funny, but I'm also trying to conceptualize like how I put that together with, again, like this kind of clashing <laughs> dynamic. I, I'll be honest, like this promo was difficult to put together because one, like uh, title matches need to have like a certain like, you know, level of like stakes like added in the promo, like they need to have like, a certain level of like, you know, uh, importance and kind of like gravity to them. And uh, so that's usually easy to do with most teams. Like, you know, I like got for Family Fathers of Corruption, that was easy to do uh, for, you know, Irwin and uh, Roca and so and Dan and Roca, I was Dan and Irwin, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's there. It's pretty easy to like, you know, give you like the big bombastic music and the big kind of like, you know, great highlight reel uh, for this, you know, with bibs, you know, doing DVD reps and like Mike eating a taco and like you know, chance and like Brendan playing it straight and stuff. And uh, Shannon and Koi doing their thing and Koi working out. It was like a huge, you know, whirlwind of stuff I had to work with. And luckily I was able to kind of, I hopefully find the tone that fit what needed to be conveyed in the match. You know, it's like Shazam as like, as they are heavyweights, it's just like, you know, of a team, but they do bring fun to the show and they do have a presence that I think is unique. Again, like to what we want to see in the show, which they, they have like a good stage presence and they like to bring a kind of a, a kind of fun energy to their play. So I can't abandon that entirely. I don't want to make it too serious, obviously because they don't want to make it too serious and it helps them, I think, uh, get uh, comfortable with what they're doing. And so I do think I, I was able to find a good mishmash of like what was going on and all those like uh clips that everyone sent me i hope it came off well uh strong enough oh absolutely you took yeah. like sunday night football and combined it with like saturday morning cartoons which yeah. is like very hard like that's really hard but they're like do yeah. it you have no choice do it yeah. <laughs> like this is what you've been given now do it yeah and you did like yeah it's fantastic and you let you, you let bibs breathe like that it's hard to do right because bibs is so like he's he's 90 percent of their enthusiasm yeah and he's 50 percent of their knowledge which is hard to give brent because brendan deserves respect right so it's it's harder because i know brendan's not sending in the same level of you know whatever uh, whatever content that bibs is sending in. so it's yeah. hard because they both deserve it and it's it just the balance that you find yeah like like thanos finds that balance like like you yeah. find that balance and, and it's it's fantastic to see yeah, and like I, I will, you know, uh, praise the fact that uh, these days, because everyone sends so much, and like we can only, I can only fit so much into one promo. Um, some stuff gets left on the cutting room floor. Before that's, that's always been a thing, even since last year when we did the green screen promos. And so I'm thankfully uh, now that we get to see like the entirety of those clips on the social promos that they put out when they uh, they blasted out to Twitter and Facebook and all that. We get to see the entirety.
read the clip because there's some great stuff that just doesn't make it it just doesn't fit like the tone or like the kind of like flow that i have um I, i've said this before is that the promos um as i'm doing them they take on uh, a form of their own as i'm shaping them and sometimes things don't fit quite well with the others and like they can't they don't fit with like the kind of pacing that i have so i can't fit everything in even though a lot of it is just gold um so like you know you'll see like there's a bunch of stuff that gets you know cut out and uh luckily for this this year though uh because it's all digital we're able to kind of put those online and just like let everyone see what all the the stuff is and think people can uh, again see uh what had to make the cut what couldn't you know, but they could at least enjoy all the bits that people do yeah it's fantastic to not have to see the back alley behind collider every single promo it's nice yeah. to see different sides yeah. of america sometimes. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no, but i then you're you're sufficiently hyped but at the same time if we look at the promo it does it not set the stage for what's about to come mm-hmm. because you feel it from mike that like and eric we mentioned this last night i am still waiting on freight janish to confirm but We've never had a team's title match where every single competitor is coming off off of a loss. Every single one of these guys was coming off of a loss in the singles tournament and just kind of throws out the whole thing that I have where it's like, oh, they're coming off a loss. They're going to be, you know, my sports brain plugs in and I'm like, how are they going to play with that chip on their shoulder? Everybody had a chip. So how are you going to respond? And we saw flat out of the gates. Fogs, let's just run right through this round one. We just got to get right into it. It was the roast of Mike Kalinowski. And that it's just unfortunate because I love this team more than most other teams that I've watched. There's something about the way these two guys play together that chance brings something out of Mike that isn't there. It's just not there when chance isn't around unless it's inner geekdom where he feels comfortable. So how I know you were, we're hard KO guys nerd if you don't know like we, we love chance chance is our favorite player of all time like i think chance has the ability to be the best showdown player that's ever existed but just because the brain is there mm-hmm. and you can just smell it every time the guy walks on stage like oh you might not miss a question today yeah. every single time and and it means something to him we had him on the show and the perfect rounds to him in round one mean something and when he doesn't get it it messes with his head and he it, like he plans to get a perfect round so I can only imagine, like, Fox, like, how, what do you think Chance was feeling when it's day, like, question three of this match? Yeah, it was tough. Like, like I said, obviously, we've had Chance on, and he's literally told us he does his best work in round one. Um, so when he's, he's missed the first question, Mike's missed the first. Um, and then Mike's gone on to miss another two, and then Chance has missed one after that. For me, I was, I didn't, I know it's a convenient thing to say, but it was kind of over. Like, I just thought, yeah, it's like they're too far behind already. Like, from not even the end of the round yet, like, and kind of working out the points, like, they've, like, Shazam have got a, some, at some point, have a really awful round for them to catch up. And I just couldn't see it. These guys aren't the type of people to do that. Um, in the kind of building up, to, like, all week, what I was saying is, obviously, we know Chance is looking um, to go perfect in round one and, you know, to carry Mike with him. Uh, and it was for me. It was round one and round four where the matches were going to be won or lost. Um, obviously, round four, you know, we'll come to that in a second, but didn't work out again. Um, so yeah, I think that's overall where the matches won and lost. But for me, the the kind of tone was set. I mean, they, they were already going uphill from you know just two or three point questions in. I mean, yeah, they kind of recovered the rest of the round, but yeah, I was I was shocked. I was shocked really. Um, what were your thoughts, uh, the chronic round one? Uh, yeah, I mean, coming out of the first round with an eight-point deficit, like that's that's mm-hmm. hard. Like you know, like you said, with a team like this, like 
you really have to hope for a miracle that they're going to somehow just like miss a bunch to catch up with. And that, again, they're not the team that does that. If you look at their performance against uh, Final Exam and then the, Who's the Boss, like, yeah, once they have like momentum, like they're going to keep going. Like, they're mm-hmm. the only thing I was counting on, or not counting on, but like anticipating that could shake things up is if uh, they miss their round three questions or round five questions in this sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, like, that's they have, like, Brendan has missed round three questions before um, that sunk them, and like Bibbs has missed yep. like round three questions. So, you know, that's yep. taken him out against, like, as, as you saw with Liz. And that was the only, I think, like, hope that I think Billy had, really had because. Otherwise, they can work together around two, so they have the lockdown. Like you know, they're not going to like really miss much between the two of them. Um, and then round three is the same thing. And then round four um, is the individual sub points as well again. But I do think that they're strong enough. So like I, those are kind of just like like flashcard round one questions again um, that I think they'll do really well with. And um, so yeah, coming out of round one with the again with the eight point deficit, I I think that it really got into Mike and Chance's heads. Mike is the type of person that. Uh, clearly, like, you know, we've seen the no shade on him, like, that he has, like, this uh, inability to kind of, like, over, overcome that stuff. I think it's a little better now with Shannon in his corner. Like, she does, like, great work, you know, helping him kind of get through the match itself. But with Chance, uh, he is the type of player that he, it lets him get to him, but he is able to shake it off and try to just, like, really dig in, dig his heels into what needs to be done. And so we see him, like, kind of, like uh, – like you say, uh, bring Mike back with round two. I think that's kind of like where they started to pull back with like inching their way. Uh, I think against pretty much any other team, they might have had like a much stronger chance. Like they might have had a much stronger shot at coming back and winning it. But Shazam just been on, on a roll this season. I, I think that it's hard to kind of anticipate or like uh, guess anything that Bibbs and Brendan between them like would not do well at. Like when we got to the second round of the wheel, like I was looking at it, I was like, there's almost like nothing here that they wouldn't like, kill at. And it, it, there was only maybe like one or two categories that like they might have trouble with that. But otherwise, I think it was like a locked in at the end of round one. And then round two is just, you know, that they just can't. There was no there was no place for corruption to feel comfortable. Yeah. Not, not at any point in this match. And it was self-inflicted. That's the worst part about it is when you watch competitors do it to themselves. It's hard when somebody just, you know. Yeah, just just stop and just beat you on a on a. I would rather prefer get taken to my five pointer and miss my five pointer, than have my round one be the reason why. And I think that's something that we're gonna have to look at with these competitors in digital in comparison to the studio, is that Mike loves a crowd. Yeah, Mike loves the booze. He loves whatever he gets. If he runs mm. out into a live event, he's gonna get cheers and booze. And if he's at a, if he's just at the studio, nothing but booze and he, he feeds off of it. And I said, this is the beginning for uh, Ben Bateman also had a very hard time recreating the vibe that you've suddenly felt so comfortable in. And then having to recreate that has been an issue for some players. And then also not having your partner right next to you to be able to lean off their energy, just that vibe of being close and comfortable with somebody, you know, Shannon's in the other room. Shannon's not right next to him. She's in the other room. So even then they're separated and he's, he's by himself. And it's just, Mike has had a very hard time and we saw it in singles because Perry took advantage of it. Like he, he can't, he has a very hard time creating that safe space, right? His circle of trust when he's on the, on the stream yard call is just, it's just non-existent. 
And I, I do think that you know he he did much better in his uh, singles match against Perry um, in, in round one at least. And I do think, as we were saying earlier, like the team play being online like plays a huge uh, part of like how they perform like moving forward because it, it it really puts people on blast. You know, like Mike coming out of round one with like his shaky round. Uh, if they were in the studio when we can't hear what they're saying, he can like, it's like, there's, there's like a safety blanket to kind of like, you know, recede behind that and uh, confer with chance in private when they're getting their questions in round two uh, and then round three as well. Um, and uh, I think that kind of helps people in a studio match in the live setting uh, kind of like, you know, withdraw, recollect and like say like, okay, now I'm with my teammates, just us. I don't have to like, project my insecurities or like my lack of knowledge to the audience whereas this and the digital format that's all you have to do like now mike has had like a bad round one and he knows going into round two like i still have to answer out loud what i do or don't know and i had to like kind of lean on chance to help me out here and i do think that he it, it, it does get into people's heads uh the same with bateman bateman clearly and he said this publicly too that he was not comfortable giving out strategy and like thought processes to like the world to, to hear on in a team's match with who's the boss yeah like tom brady doesn't want you to know what sign he's calling like he doesn't yeah. want you to know what his audibles mean like I, yeah. I, that's a whole thing to break yeah i'm, I'm yeah. with you with you yeah and like so it was, it was safe for you know we it's we saw almost the exact same thing with uh corruption yesterday uh with um who's the boss you know we saw Mike had like a wavy round one and then like Chance picked him up round two. Uh, it was, uh, but in the Who's the Boss match, Riley had a really wavy round one and then he, he picked up Bateman round two. And like, again, it's 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 just a dynamic that people really had to rely on raw knowledge more than strategy and more than like comfort comfortability to like be able to play. And I do think that we are starting to see like the cracks in what, how that defines certain matches between competitors now. And I think it's raised the level of play. I think yeah. that's something that's been incredible this season is that we talked about this uh, last night is imagine the the you know the show of season six, right? How how grand everything was, the live events we had, everything going on there with the level of play and competition we are seeing this season. We're like the Star Wars tournament. We've never seen anything like that in the run of the showdown of how much those people knew about like star Wars, like that every match like you had no idea who was going to win if you had ace winning the tournament i'll call you a liar unless your name was ace or winston like it's just like no if you looked at what that tournament was like he wasn't you know the overall favorite he was a heavy betting underdog underdog and that's just going to show that this it's it's crazy that we're seeing people like paul be a little more comfortable chances more comfortable because they come from this world originally this yeah. is where it starts and so that's kind of what we're bleeding into this season is seeing the prior play and people like adam collins who has seen enormous success at an early stage of his career because this is the same place he probably played all his other matches where he won and the only difference is the person asking him the questions yeah and that is something to be said so we'll see how Adam and Marisol translate to the studio matches. If they get to, you know, make it to the studio, it'll be interesting to see players who came up this year. So it's, it's, it's a interesting dichotomy of like where we're at on the players who did it before. And now we're having to, you know, translate themselves to this game. And now it'll be interesting to see the other side. So Boggs, do you think of, you know, Mike is just kind of suffering from this current situation we're all in and we'll, kicking around in the studio or is this the new normal for mike kalinowski i think partly um 
Yeah, it could be. Um, not sure. Just uh, well, at the end of round one, when uh, I think Shannon's gave the kind of last round uh, hurrah speech, you know, trying to kind of lift their confidence. Come on, guys, shake off. You know how like Roxy done with with Schneider, um, but she done that before the last round, uh, before the third round, and that that is like normally a, a 12th round kind of uh, uh, you know cry for you know like a call to action type thing. Uh, and this is after the first round. So we've got way more points out on the table. So although, yes, it does kind of uh, wake you up in the moment, but realistically, you've got four more rounds to go. So you got, if you were the corruption, you're thinking, okay, right, you've got, we're going to miss potentially, you know, a lot more questions, right? You've got four more rounds worth. Um, but yeah, going just quickly in round two, uh, obviously the uh, corruption boys landed on Amy Adams. They've spun off that hit dramas. Um, they've gone perfect except for one, uh, the... Um, who signed in Black Sea, which is Jude Law. They've got more choice there, but the rest on two points, so left nothing for Shazam to pick up. Uh, then Shazam have uh, spun uh, young adult novels, stuck on that, and gone perfect. They've gone more choice a couple of times, but overall, uh, pretty even round still. Um, I think they were still six points up. Um, then in round three, um, I think they've stuck uh, with uh, is it comic book movies? Oh, sorry, yeah, um, video game movies. Um, you know, Shazam had better one point, Corruption better three points. Um, so yeah, they've picked up a little bit of steam there, uh, but still not enough. Um, and I just thought immediately after round three, it just instantly got tense because I think that it was all coming down to round four, um, where kind of where they were they going to narrow the gap? Because um, they've done they've done that really well um, against the founding fathers. You know, Mike played great in round four last time, um, and yeah, I just wasn't. He's expecting... the reason they won the title. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, I wasn't expecting such because um, that's what I mean. Like. If I knew going in, Chance normally kind of is a 9 or 10 out of 10 the way he plays. And Mike has to be at least 8 or 10 out of 10. Um, but really, overall, I think kind of Chance was at a 7 out of 10. And Mike was at, you know, 5 or 6. 5. Out of 10. Yeah, like so, a yeah, 5. So they were really, so the, the gap was just, uh, the gap was just there, really. going. You were talking Mike. about percentages too earlier, right? Feel free to break it down. Uh, yeah, the Mike, yeah, so I watched the rundown. And I think the, um, something like the average, um, the average uh, kind of what they're hitting. Shazam, I think we're at 93 Their accuracy rating. Yeah, 93%, I think, collectively. Uh, Shazam were at 74. So they were, it was just, it, yeah, they were never really closing the gap. I was hoping in round four that they would, uh, but it turned out to be a quite a bad round four for them. Yeah, it just seemed like, again, they never got comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard as a defending. It's too hard because imagine for Mike, right? Imagine you're, you're playing round one title match everything on the line and you've missed the first three questions and you and, and them two are both getting two four six right so or you're, you're thinking oh my god like pressure you're sweating it's you're literally all my fault yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like yeah straight away straight away you're thinking like, it can yeah. happen i mean the same thing happened to uh clark in their match against uh the uh their second match against the odd couple yep. you know like it, it happens like happens to the best of them yeah, yeah. um you can get in their head uh i do think that mike probably had like a, a huge shield to climb over uh going into the, the later rounds and mm-hmm. uh, the thing is like with the whole match like you know it, it it seemed like it was very lopsided but like by the end of the match if you look at it like with the math um at the points i they if they had been able to you know you know if Mike had been able to put a better performance around one, even by a few questions, uh, and then if they had been able to uh, land uh, what they needed to in round uh, uh, four, um, and even get like you know maybe not mul- not so many multiple choices in round two, uh, I think they could have had a chance of taking it. Like they really could have, because like Brendan misses his two, yeah. uh, Bibbs 
got the three to win, but he didn't know it like right away. Like he had to really he had, like, kind of like double check himself on it. Uh, so there's a chance like if they had pushed them to their five, like there's a, maybe a chance that they might have missed it. They might have they might have defended. Um, and so yeah, it's it was uh, a kind of all around performance that just had too many chips in it for them to really pull it out uh, by the end. And I do think that Mike uh, and Chance uh, together like kind of collectively. Um, had a collective uh you know they, they shared the burden of yeah. the loss i don't think that chance blames mike in any sense like i i we can you know pick apart the stats and the numbers in it but i do think that chance is the type of player that looks at it and says like okay we need to work on this together uh, because like this was not our uh best time that we could have like shown for this for this game mm-hmm. yeah, and he's never known anything else right like yeah. this is this is his family yeah <laughs> See the I reason he's here. Part of, uh, you got drafted as well, right? No chronic. So you were in, okay. you were in corruption, right? Uh, yeah, I was. I was in corruption. I was uh, yeah. drafted by Shannon at the beginning of the year, um, and so that was going to be uh, my slot. Uh, I mean, yeah. So uh, everything that's happening with Adam Collins right now, like I guess I can I can say you're welcome because <laughs> if I had like stayed, like he would not have gotten drafted. So yeah, he's like so that's uh, that's that's my doing in some sense, right? <laughs> so you yeah, you play... be you be John Roca, yeah. You be the kid, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, were you going to play in a geekdom or were you going to play in singles? Uh, I told Shannon at the beginning of the year that I was most comfortable in inner geekdom. Uh, I would have uh, also been comfortable in teams. Uh, I, I think looking at my uh, at the um, level of play now, I actually do think I would have been comfortable in singles. I think I would have been the least comfortable there, but I think I could have like hung in there, um, like with what I've seen so far at least. And uh, I, I can you know define myself as though I, I I love Inner Kingdom I love those movies obviously and I, I know a lot of those deep cuts and um, just off the top of my head um, I had before this season or so just watching the show I never like studied studied I just like watch movies and I have a good retention for like what I see and I think if I had studied I think I would have been able to hang in there really well with like some of the top competitors that we've seen it so far um, in Inner Kingdom as far as like teams and regular play I I um, kind of define myself as like as some of these players that we've talked about recently, whereas like they're just more comfortable in a team setting where they have someone else to kind of like bounce their thoughts off of and like confirm like, okay, this is what I, who I think it is. Like you're almost from. there. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I, there. yeah. So like for certain people, it's like primarily like the, the, the wider knowledge of like who directed this, that, where were this person in, where they are, this right. come out. It's all these pieces get kind of pieced together. It's easier to do with a teammate um, mm-hmm. who would have been my, um, my good friend who got drafted on just great. Okay. Let go. Okay. Uh, who uh, was in the dungeon this year. And luckily, he, I mean, like, not luckily, unluckily, uh, unfortunately, he didn't pull out the win against Adam Collins, yeah. <laughs> as we see now, who is a juggernaut. So, no, no, so no blame on uh, Andres there. Um, but Andres is a solid competitor. So, like, we played together and we played together last night. He was here with me as we we're watching the teens match. And uh, we did a good job. Like, you know, uh, it's not. I don't know what this really says about the play of our play or their play, but we would have beat corruption yeah. that night. Okay. Like, yeah, uh, we, that's uh, kind of, yeah, I was kind of in the same boat yeah, last night. Turn, I kind of turn, the same. Yeah, in terms of points, like we're playing together, like our points combined with the, the as we're tallying up the questions and everything, we would have gotten a higher point uh, range uh, from them. But again, like I'm not trying to you know compare anything <laughs> right now before the match. You, no. Still keeping sharp, still studying just in case, right? Yeah, just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just in case, never know. No, yeah. I do the same thing. Like my my thing is uh, I'm. My thing on the show is a six and a half point. You got to get six and a half points in round one. And I see respect. Like if you yeah. get anywhere between six to eight points, like you're, you're right. Like you're, you're on the right side of success yeah. and you're trending in the right direction. And that's kind of something I can see out of you. If you get into that inner geek in round one, I feel like you, you wouldn't, uh, 
nothing's going to surprise you. Did you yeah. know, uh, no, Quentin, did you know Shannon, uh, Lee Shannon Miller's five pointer, the Thor Ragnarok question? I did. Okay, I did. I did. I knew that right away. I really did. Um, and people were saying, I saw some people in the chat saying, like, that's an easy question. It's like, I don't, I, I, it's I easy knew for it. you. It's easy you know? for you. Yeah. I knew it right away. Like I, I did because I've seen that movie several times and I, I've, I, I love those movies, but um, it, uh, even from like a kind of objective standpoint, like that line of dialogue is like, it's like, he says, he says it very fast. He says it as like an offhanded joke in a movie that's filled with jokes. And so if you don't like watch that movie kind of like more than like two times, then like, it's easy to like miss it, especially for, you know, if it's not your thing, you know, uh, Liz, like she's a professional film critic. She sees so many movies like all the time. You know, like she saw, she probably saw the movie. Maybe she enjoyed it. I don't think that's the type of information she latches onto when she watches these movies. She watch, she watches them for the kind of like the broader spectrum of like what's in these movies, like the themes, like you know, the subject, the, the directors, wow. the credits, all the stuff. Yeah. Um, so like inner geekdom stuff. That was basically inner geekdom question that she got. And so you know, no, no duh that she missed it. Like no, not no shit on her again, but just that it's. A, it, I do think it's a tough question. That's a five pointer in the inner geekdom category. Yeah. Like that's. I mean, I mean that's on the level of like. Here you go, Boggs. I think this is like a good three and a half pointer. Somewhere between a three and a five. Uh, what artist does Star-Lord mention his uh, his ship would look like under a black light? I don't know. I, I think I know the scene, I, 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 I don't know. That, that's, that's a pretty good question. It's, yeah, it's uh, Jackson Pollock. Yeah, if we get a black light oh, okay. in this bitch, it'd be a it'd look like a whole Jackson Pollock painting up in this place. Which is <laughs> I need to use some <laughs> Which is also the same painting that Tony is selling at the beginning of Iron Man One. A Jackson Isn't Pollock it painting. though? Yeah, a Jackson Isn't Pollock it painting. Though? It's a yeah. Jackson Pollock. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm glad somebody else is just as crazy as I am. Because <laughs> and that that's one of the best. One of the first times they've ever done the running twelve percent joke, like that's yeah. continued into that movie, and now it's yeah. continued into other movies as well. Twelve percent yeah. of a plan or whatever, twelve percent. I think that's one of the best ones they've done, yeah. and that's yeah. I think we're all kind of in the same boat of like this is this season's done a really great job of making everyone level. I feel like yeah. we've kind of brought people. We we've kind of just made this about what we know, and that kind of. It says a lot about, you know, I think it says a lot about what Kalinowski brings to a studio, right? Because if this guy is able to, you know, if the, I, you would never think that a champion would, you know, have a bad performance like he just had. Like, that's not something that you expect from him. And you're, 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 I'm genuinely surprised by it. But that goes to show like the confidence that he gets in the arena. It's the gladiator type situation that him, Ben, Roca, these guys are like, Dan Merle doesn't need a stadium. Dan yeah. Merle doesn't need an arena. Dan yeah. Merle just needs Mark, Christian, and the person he's playing and some questions. And that's all he cares about. He doesn't yeah. care about the promos. He doesn't like that's not why he does it. He does it to he does it to compete and he does it because he he you know he's alpha and that's how yeah. he kind of you know puts himself under what. Yeah, Dan is a, is a unique player in the sense that uh, maybe that's why he's the greatest of all time, is that he uh he's able to adapt to like whatever he needs to for this for this game so like the online play i think he adapted to it like how he needed to because like it's, he knows what to do he has like he, he has his own youtube you know show that he does now where he is able to sit in front of a camera and like talk and like kind of expand what he needs to say um but also he's used to doing screen junkies where it's like a live show and so he knows how to feed off a live setting and so he's he, you know besides these quote-unquote live matches that we're doing he's undefeated in live live events still mm -hmm. like he's never lost a live event 
in, in person so far. And so I do think that he has the ability to also acclimate to a, a live crowd and like feed off of their energy when he needs to. Like he's just the type of person who's able to like put, put on a performance wherever he needs to, however he needs to. And maybe that's why, yeah, he's uh, probably one of the greatest players we've ever, ever seen in the show. Absolutely. Does the corruption, does the corruption title match uh, count there? That's what I was saying. Like it's a, yeah, it's a live, quote unquote, live match. You know, as far as like you know, it's a, it's a live thing that we're seeing for the first time. But I, I think specifically, he's you know still undefeated in like live settings, as far as like real, you know, being in person live. Yeah, because that's gotta be something that you feel like is yeah. for him. It's just respect. Yeah, respect for that guy. Yeah. I was gonna say just to summarize this whole event. Obviously, Chan Yu's popped in, <laughs> popped in and gave his uh, two cents. Another left. friend of our show. Yeah, big, big <laughs> he, we love him. He's so great. Because yeah. we were kind of playing, teasing him about Chansey's rebuilds. You know, you better watch out. It's spectacular. Uh, and he was saying, "Oh no, no, Chance can have you know the teams and singles, and I'll have it in a geek." Okay, that's yeah. fair. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, that was, I mean yeah, that, that's what they say. I mean, that's what Mike said last year too. And you know, we'll see. Like, it's like a curse, I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe only only two people ever ever defended it. So, you know, only people who ever defended the Inner belt. It's it's, yep. it's a tough one to, to defend. You know, um, Chandru definitely has like the the talent and the yep. the knowledge. Um, but Chance is going to give him a run for his money. I think I think he really will. No doubt. I'm most looking forward to that. Probably that and the Star Wars match out of all of the. Matches. Yeah. God, I can't wait for that Star Wars match. Oh, I could do a whole hour on that Star Wars <laughs> match right now. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it's a it's it's a good slate. It's a good slate of what we have so far. Um, yeah, we have Star Wars, Ace and Damon. We have uh, you know Chance and Chandru. We have the teams now, uh, whoever wins the tournament, and now it's Shazam. We have Dan, whoever wins singles, um, and then uh, Christian also confirmed uh, Kevin Smith and yep. Brett as well. That's like it's gonna be a fun one. So yeah, it's a good card we're gonna have this year for spectacular, like a really fantastic card. Yeah, it's just so much i i I, you think back like what spectacular used to be like three matches and a manager bowl and it was like cool thanks like let's just give me it like like what was it used to be like two i couldn't imagine putting those videos together the two hour and a half the two and a half hour long videos and there were two of them sometimes like oh my god it's like five hours of content just unbelievable Yeah, and I don't know what that's going to – I'm not – I mean, this isn't too much inside information. I just don't know yet what uh, we're going to do as far as, like, if it's going to be live or pre-taped. You know, like, we'll, we'll figure that out, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, either way, it's going to be a long event. Um, maybe pre-taped might be cleaner to, to make sure we got everything in there. It looks nice and, like, everything's cleaned up and we have it as streamlined as it needs to be. But um, otherwise, yeah, if it's a live event, um, yeah, buckle in because that's pretty much like an all-day event. <laughs> Yeah, let's yeah. hope that uh, Christian will uh, let somebody else ask some questions during the during the <laughs> five hour block. The guy needs a break sometimes. Like <laughs> one streamyard running for like seven, eight hours, maybe more. Like, yeah. it seems like there's a lot of potential problems going on there. So. Yeah, <laughs> let's uh, put a call into Streamyard IT and be like, guys, we're gonna be running this for about eight hours. Um, yeah. We're gonna need all hands on deck. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what are you thinking next season then? Uh, no, are you speaking to managers? Are you anything? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, nothing at the moment. I can say. Um, uh, I mean, I would always love to play. You know, I would always love to get throw my hat in the ring if, if it's possible. Uh, the uh, the the main thing this season why I couldn't was because I was going to take on the editing to full time, and yep. so I needed access to the question document um, to uh get through the questions for the edits and stuff to make it as, as fast as possible um we have a workflow now that um again isn't like too much inside information but like when we we have the documents uh structured per match uh for me 
So when we are done taping, uh, PJ sends over the document like for this match. So it's like just the questions that were asked in this match. Um, and so that's helps me because I don't have to like sift through like a bunch of like different things to get to it. But mm -hmm. also, if I wanted to play, it would be it would be an honor system like it really would. Uh, but I would uh, be able to because all I see are the questions that have already been asked. I wouldn't see any other questions. Um, as far as I wouldn't see the master document, um, I don't see it anyways, like these days, like even though I have access to it, like I never click on it because I don't want to, for you know, my entertainment, I don't want to spoil the questions. Like I don't want to know what's going to come up. Yeah. I want to be, I still have fun watching the games. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so if I wanted to play, if, if the product possible, would suffer, by the way, I think if you did, I think that, <laughs> that just shows so much respect to like what you do and like how serious that you take this. Cause like you said, like you have access to it, but yeah. you don't. And if yeah. you did, like you would, it would, I think it would soften the product, you know, it yeah. would sour, it would sour the milk a little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a level of, you know, a kind of a, uh, anonymous, anonymous, like, you know, going into like the, what's going to happen. I, I still need that for myself to make things uh, interesting. Um, but as far as like, you know, making it uh, interesting for like the, the edit and like the work that you said um, this year, I am kind of thankful that i i wasn't competing because of everything that happened you know i it would have been like very hard to compete and also take the amount of work that the show needed this year um with like the pivot that we had to do with like you know going to online um it, it took it took a lot of dedication because uh it, it's a lot it's a lot to learn um we we were all learning uh, in around april and all in may trying to figure out like how we're going to do this, how we're going to keep the show afloat um, and learning how like how digital matches are going to work, um, how that's going to like look nice, how we make it look clean. And luckily we, we now have hit our stride with like the singles tournament and like the teams and like uh, going into uh, the, the final latter, latter few months of the year. I think that we have uh, a, a strong foundation now. If we wanted to keep this going next year, um, if we have to, like we can do it easily enough um we obviously want to get back to live matches but uh i think now we have like a good balance if we we can do live matches but now we have this in our back pocket we have the ability to do matches abroad for people who can't make it into studio so that opens up our doors like much more to people who want to compete that we want to compete but it was like distance was always an issue like we always had to have a uh, chance drive from arizona to come compete and like there's been times where he drove from arizona and his match got canceled. It was like, okay, I guess I'll just stay or drive back next weekend. And so, like, he had to do that. And so, yeah, it was like all these things that were kind of like big obstacles for people. But now, if we have to, we can do live matches. We could do like uh, live tapings. And I uh, so thankfully, I think if next season that's in the cards, um, of course, I would love to compete. But um, I'll always do what's best for the show. Yeah. And I and right now, for what's best, what was best for the show was me not competing and doing this uh, full time, dedicating all my attention to it. Yeah, it depends on the circumstances, basically. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we got a little uh, question here from producer Sean. He wants to know: Is there anything that you think is like the best thing we didn't get to see from a promo? Like, is there anything that's like super like ah oh, that kind of stinks? But I know you did mention we have been able to see a lot more this season, so maybe a little more like last season, maybe. Yeah. So this season we'll see. Like even this this past one that we just saw last night, um, there was a bit where Bibbs, uh, you know, says he's going to retire um, if he uh, he's going to lose this. He's going to retire and uh, from being a lumberjack and then start studying <laughs> trivia full time. That's like uh, here's like a like a plan where if you watch the full promo online, you'll you'll see it. Um, I didn't include that because um, I wanted to end. The note with Mike 
challenging them, saying if they lost, you know, change their name from uh, Shazam. Uh, yeah. It was just it was, it was a good note to end on. Like it was a, a good way to kind of like lead into the match. Like okay, what's like some sort of thing? I don't even know if that was real. I I, I ran it by Christian. I was like, is this like okay for him to say? He's like, yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, and like uh, so, I, I I let that be a thing at the end. And like Bibbs is a bit, it just clashed a bit. Where like it was like too, it was too much of the same idea. And look, and even though Bibbs was like very funny, I needed something that was a bit more like uh, concrete to kind of end the promo on, as far as like an actual kind of like call out. Um, that and also Bibbs, you know, had some stuff with his cats last time <laughs> in his match against uh, Liz that didn't get put in, unfortunately, uh, because of like again tonal issues. Um, but uh, last season though. Uh, when we're doing green screen stuff, that's when things would get cut out and you never saw like what would happen. And, I know uh, there's a bin full of some stuff that there's some outtakes. There's yeah. some stuff. Oh, and, oh boy. I still have some of that. Like uh, the match against uh, Odd Couple and um, who's the boss? Uh, this That was this year actually when we're still in the yeah. studio. Um, we there's a whole bit where uh, Gucci was talking on to his shoe as if it were a phone. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, it, and he was like calling Roxy. And like uh like talking to her about like managing stuff and like yeah we didn't get to put that in because like it just didn't fit again like the tone of like what the match needed to be the match was like a big you know head to head like you know a titan match between like yeah, two big teams match, yeah it's like two big teams and so like i didn't want so i i just couldn't fit it in with like kind of him talking to a shoe for like you know 30 seconds uh into like what the whole like the pacing what what it would need it to be um but yeah it was very funny i still have it i still have like all that stuff even from last year um that i can probably sift together um and for i think the people who have the biggest outtakes though that are fun to watch are uh, kaiser and um smets and like the dungeon because uh, kaiser is a, he's a professional producer so smets is a professional editor so they know the value of doing different takes mm -hmm. and so when we shoot in the studio they do like 10 different takes of like one joke to make sure that we get it right and i have enough to work with and like there's, there's plenty of deliveries that we don't see there's plenty of like you know like uh, uh guffs that we don't see um uh, but it's, it's very fun to work with them it makes it a little bit longer but it's very fun to like uh, work with their stuff because they give me plenty to work with so now i want to ask some back-end questions we're gonna get a little nerdy first off yeah. final cut or premiere premiere yes thank you thank yeah. you thank you um, thank yeah. you yeah I, I used final cut a bit when i was you know uh in high school and then like going to college but then i learned premiere for um professional work and it's just it's much much faster for me it's much cleaner um i even i even prefer it over avid and uh it's just like oh. it yeah it's just uh, avid's the industry standard but like right. uh, i learned avid first actually when i was in college and that was what i used for a little bit but as soon as i got my hands to premiere i was like this is like it's just much smoother for me it's much faster um avid's like more sustainable in like certain sense but it's, a, it's just so meticulous like to do like a lot of things in it like i just for my part i need to go and be fast on what i do and premiere like uh, provides that for me exactly and, and yeah. yeah that's just something for me where it's like uh the argument that my professor made to me in film school was i like the clicking yeah. i like the way things snap to each other in final Cut. i was like okay that's nice next yeah. and it's <laughs> just kind of like all right cool uh second so when you we talk about last season you talk about how you would get stuff um so do you just get like an mp4 file of them leaving the camera on and they just roll or is somebody sitting there on the camera chopping it up and you get multiple files or do you have to go in and kind of cut everything up and uh take away the it, bad usually it's like it's the uh, both you know like uh it's uh they they record it they'll just you know i'll see them like you know do the thing where they're like okay like boop like they hit their phone right. and like they're recording right. and then they go um and then they uh, do it again when they close it out and then sometimes if it's multiple things like gray sent me each clip individually 
it was like her like the talking head and then she sent me like the clip of like her eyes the clip of like her running on the dvds the clip right. of like her doing the lifts all that stuff and like it's usually the significant other who's recording that stuff and and i'll hear them in the background that i gotta like make sure to cut out and uh um uh, but yeah, I don't think anyone's really sent me any edited stuff, like pre-edited stuff, um, unless it's like a, a funny bit that they're doing. Um, yeah, usually they kind of just like records, let it riff, and like they I pick and choose like what um, gets put in. And then mo- for the most part, even the stuff that we put online for the social social promos, um, those are cleaned up by uh, the Skybound team. Just they just have cut out the fat and like the pauses and stuff um, right. and the retakes, uh, just so it's clean to put out online for everyone to see. Um, like, yeah, the studio stuff too. Would you would you just get like a ten minute video of like the green screen and then people in front of the green screen doing whatever and cutting up? Yeah, so that's a, that's the thing about this thing. Uh, this season too is that uh, it. It, it is hard like and i'll say this i'll pat myself on the back that these promos have been difficult for the fact that i'm not there with them to guide them like in the narrative like with what uh i need that to need them to give me when we were in studio i was always in the room with them when they were doing the green screen promos it was me uh sometimes christian sometimes mark um and uh, my buddy Dwayne burke and like we were uh he's the one doing the filming and we would like uh, guide them with what they needed to say. I would have like kind of like an outline of like, okay, here's like the beats that we need to hit. Here's like the narrative that we're kind of shaping here. And it was easy for them to like kind of stand in front of a green screen and just say stuff and just like say like, okay, here's how I feel. And mm-hmm. here's like the jokes and stuff. Um, for this, you know, I have to, I, I don't have any uh, dictation over what they're sending me. So sometimes I'll get someone doing like a straight promo where they're talking about like, you know, how they feel, like, here's what's gonna happen. Sometimes they get like, you know, a video of like someone's cat. You know, I can, it's just like, I have to work with what I get and it's difficult to kind of like, again, find that balance of like what works with the, the music and the pacing and the tone and all that stuff. Uh, so when I was in the green screen with them, I was standing in the room with them and I would tell them like, okay, here's what you got to say. Here's, you know, this beat, here's this thing. And it would end up being, yeah, like a 10 minute clip of like them talking on a green screen which i would then take home and key out and yeah uh like just the chunks that i needed right so it's not like a huge file and uh i would uh then also shoot this year as we were doing i really wanted to do this more i'm, I'm so sad that we didn't get to do more of it uh is that uh, every time someone would come into film that day i would have them do poses on the green screen uh like in slow motion at a high, higher frame rate that we would have for the matches so the studio matches that you see when they're standing in front of the tail of the tape and like the opening graphic mm-hmm. uh they were like doing those cool poses in slow motion that was like the first thing i said like okay when i'm now as the editor i want to have those i want to have like a library of everyone doing cool poses uh so we can have for different purposes uh for this the matches also for like you know thumbnails and all that stuff make it look cool um and we look we got like 20 competitors i think like you know worth of stuff and then we had to shut down um so yeah next year if we're able to get back into studio and we do we are doing green screen again maybe if if we might not we might not keep the green screen might change that up a a bit um i I still want to get tons of cool poses of everyone i want to have everyone doing cool slow motion stuff that's like that's my bread and butter and uh again in that sense too like i'm also pulling my hair out that i don't have any good footage of people in their matches you know like the studio the matches are great and like the stream yard stuff is like great but it's like like i can't i can only do so much with like stream yards footage like you know i can only punch in on it so much i can only like dance around like the the blemishes so much i really i'm craving like nice like good footage of like people walking out doing the entrances doing their wins like celebrating like i need that content i really need it so that's like the big the biggest thing i'm itching back to get in the studio for is to get more like great footage of that stuff yeah, that's one thing that I love doing. Uh, last season, I was working with a College of Charleston basketball team, and we did um, we did green screen day, yeah. and making people like 
think they're cool when they yeah. don't think they're cool is one of the hardest things to do is trying to like get somebody <laughs> in a room by themselves to feel and exude confidence yeah is it's really hard to do like, yeah. like i'm throwing these guys like a basketball which they feel extremely comfortable with it's it's yeah. all they know and yeah. and they still are just 18 year old dorks like just standing <laughs> in a room in front of a green screen yeah so it's like you got to talk it out so i can only imagine like the personalities and all the things you have to juggle on uh i'll just say uh, on a game day for you yeah it just has to be you know like you said, you could run six matches in one day. So you're doing that with upwards of 24 different people in yeah. one day, possibly. Have, and yeah, we have, we have teams, you know, there's like double the people and so on. Now the managers, the too. Factions, right? You should just have yeah. the whole faction would line up behind somebody. So yeah. who only knows what they're going to say? And that just, you know, it just expands. Like you as a creative, you have to just be. That, that's what makes me excited to go to work every day. Like when I go to a game, it's like, I don't know who's going to win. Yeah. Like, so, so like, I don't know what's going to happen. I might be doing the same thing every day, but it's different. And that's why I think you, you love what you do because it, it's the, like, what does uh, James Franco say in the interview? It's same, same, but different. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But you, you do the same thing, but it's different every day. And that's what makes it fun. So is there any, like, you know, is there any one competitor that you, you know, have the most fun with? I would say in studio, we can take it back to the studio. Cause I can tell you, you have fond, fond memories. It's just, yeah. it's all, you know, it's, it's a lot more difficult. So is there what, any, you, you mentioned Kaiser and Smets. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone who's just so, you know, just turns it on for you? Um, yeah. For me, uh, as far as like uh, giving me content to work with, um, Snyder is one that he, that he was just where goes. my brain was going. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, like he just goes like we, I'll give him like you know like one or two prompts and he'll just like riff on it and like he can like he he can you know improv like very well. Uh, Roca is the same way. Like literally Roca, we give him like here's who you're playing, and like here's like what's gonna happen if you win, and like he just goes like he usually just like just one take he just does it and like one go he just cuts a whole promo and it's it's like, usually like perfect and he like he's like a master at it at this point and. Uh, and uh, Snyder well, he'll really just is. yell their name for like 15 seconds, and you yeah, got like a good it, bit of yeah, like, I, I, I can work with that. that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Snyder, Snyder, and uh, Wit though, Adam Wit though, Adam Wit's also like a great camera presence. Like he just knows what the camera is, he knows how to work it. Um, you know, like I was saying, what the uh, the poses that we're doing with everyone usually like for the rookies, like they're like you said, they're the ones that need a little like you know boosting. They're the ones that need low confidence boost. Like like look, this, I'm gonna make you look good. Don't worry. Here's what I need you to say. Like uh, just like give your best delivery. We'll do a couple takes to make sure like we get it right. Um, and like you, it ends up coming out nicely. But like at the time, they're always like very nervous and they're very like you know awkward to kind of like get going because it's their first time on a green screen doing this stuff. And so for the poses, like I have you know some of the new guys doing like you know the arms crossed, you know like pointing, like you know like you know whatever, like all that stuff. But then for Snyder and Wit, like I told like, like I said like here I need to do like you know a few poses, um, you know like pose reset pose and they're like okay and Snyder and wit i got like 12 different poses out of them just like off the bat like they're just like they're like doing that like posing and doing all the stuff and it looked great like they, they killed it and so like i loved working with them on that stuff because i wish i had more of that stuff from everyone else too there's such a different aspect of your job right it's like yeah it's something that you know you're able to do you didn't know he yeah. was gonna like ask you to do like yeah cut this like this right oh yeah. but i can do more so is there like yeah. is there something that you've brought to the schmodown that you know we might not know you know or something like, is there something that you specifically have brought you know your style that you're most proud of you know kind of you know pushing that on to you know something that's lasted 
Um, for for the show itself? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like your style that you've been able to, you know, leave a, a lasting mark that hopefully if there is somebody else that comes after you, if you know, whatever, that you hope that they would, you know, keep around. Uh, mainly the again the music and the kind of like tailor made like uh, feel to each match. Like I I, I like the idea that each uh, team match or each team match, but each match in general um, needs to have like a certain uh, aesthetic to it that makes it feel right. You know, it sets the right tone or the right mood for everyone to watch. Uh, you can't always have like epic orchestral music to like every match. Like you, like you can't. Like you need to kind of earn that. You need to work up to it. Um, you'll see that there's like. A progression that i have in tournaments where the lower tournaments are like much more fun like the lower level matches are like you know they have like some like you know cool rock music like maybe a little fun music and then as we get into it like it gets a little more serious it gets like uh, a little heavier mm -hmm. until like we get to these final four matches where like every single one has like this really heavy tone to it um depending on who it is and so uh you saw erwin and snyder was like a big one um you saw uh collins and uh meyer was a big one and now uh, Liz and uh, Collins uh, was something that I really had to kind of like nail down because again, like Liz had like a, a funny promo where she was just filming her cat, and uh, Collins was like playing it straight and like speaking a lot and like and for that one in particular, um, this is something that we always they try to usually push, which is like the faction uh, uh, war between the two factions. Um, right now, uh, it was you know previous like Roxy or Finstock Exchange, whatever. Um, but for this one, it really nailed home because it was swag versus uh, corruption. No, no, obviously, yeah, corruption, yeah. And so I uh, wanted to make sure to drive that one home. So you'll see that I leaned back a bit on uh, Liz and Adam. Taking you threw the in the Winston stuff, right? You threw a lot yeah. of Winston with the glasses, talking to Shannon about let's do this dance. It's uh, yeah. yeah, that's fantastic yeah. stuff. Yeah, totally. yeah. So that that's what that's the angle that we needed for this because obviously it was their you know third or fourth match or fifth match in the season uh, for like these tournaments, and uh, this is going to be ideal. Uh, you know, uh, mathematically their last match of this tournament. Like whoever wins is going on. They're going to face Roxy, and that's mm -hmm. it. Um, so I got needed to make sure that that was like the kind of like button that we hit up for this. Um, so as far as like the style goes for my style, uh, I really want to have uh, if anyone takes over for me to for them to understand like look like this thing has a progression. Taking notes. Yeah, like yeah, like this thing has a progression to it. Like this thing has like a, a, like a life to it that you need to kind of like appreciate. You can't just like slap on any music, any um, you know video, just like let it go. You can't just like keep talking heads of like you know I, I'm doing this, I'm saying this, now I'm saying this. Like you have to have like a mixture, like a blend of what like the show is, which is like the promos, like the after show, the the post interviews, like the reactions, all this stuff. Like it has to you have to have, be able to be aware of all this stuff to make sure the show feels like a has a life. In, in its own so it feels like a world that you're watching uh not just like people talking to a camera exactly, exactly. almost like so, a like a mythology a little yeah, bit around right, the, yeah the flow of it yeah yeah, yeah there's a larger world that you're kind of getting a peek at here not just people again sitting and talking to a camera exactly so i think we probably have one more question and i'll sure. pose it to you like this if you you know if you had only one spot on your resume for one promo that you would say you're the most proud of which one would it be? Uh, man, it's a tough one. You know, uh, I want to say probably either of the Smets and Kalinowski matches uh, from last Those year. Those were fantastic. Yeah. Um, just because, like, I had 
those were narratives that I was able to be a part of, like for almost from the ground up. Like I was there in Smith's first match and like uh, I was there pretty much throughout their entire rivalry throughout that season. And so going into collision when they, you know, I cut the promo for that, like the story was there. And then uh, going into spectacular when they uh, face each other again, the, the story was there. And so I was able to really shape that the way I wanted to with the music, with the edit, with like the footage um, perfectly, because like I really love the other ones too. Like I love Guy and Bateman in Houston. I love, you know, uh, uh, the, the other ones that we have this year too, like with, uh, uh, Bateman and Moral as well. Um, but there's like certain, like the, there's certain like uh, perfectly paced out narrative that we had between uh, Smez and Kalinowski last year that just like I was able to get it in such a concise manner uh, that I think it really exemplified what the show was. I think exemplified what like these promos needed to be. Uh, like just like these uh, Brandon Hanna, you know, has always been like a very you know a nice supporter of mine as far as like the editing goes. And like he, um, he said, like he it felt like a movie, like watching a movie as uh, spectacular, like the the story play out between them and the promo. And that's I guess what I was going for. You know, I was going for this kind of like you know uh, narrative of like coming back for his belt and like or coming back to get the belt for the first time. And like I was really happy to see that uh, people appreciated that one because. It was something that I really worked really hard at, uh, especially among, in Spectacular when I had to cut four of the promos that night. And uh, five, including the alternate one for Bibbs and uh, Oyama, oh. if that's where it went. Oh my God, it's so stressful. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, th th that's the one I think of either of those two. I, either of those two I can rewatch and I can be very proud of. Um, and like, say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm really like happy with like the way those turned out. Yeah, that must be awkward because you are kind of in the sense on the production side, you are kind of like your own boss. So it's kind of like, you know, exactly when everything's needs to be ready. So I can only imagine what that must have been like to be like, well, it's, it's not like you're waiting on a lot of stuff if you've got to have, you know, the footage to work with. So yeah, like, like yeah, these days, I, I the only thing I wait on is just like I want to make sure I have like the the most recent like information. Which these days, uh, it, it uh, that means you know waiting for the rundown, waiting for it backstage, waiting for it coming up next, like all that stuff. Like just in case there's any good sound bites, people drop in there that I want to use. Um, like you know, Gray as great as she is, like she only gave me like a couple lines in her talking head uh, to to use, and she didn't give me really give me like a button. So I was able to pull the button that I needed from her from backstage when she was talking about Stacy. So that that helped me out a bit. Um, so that I was able to like that. That's the stuff that I kind of need these days uh, from all the shows that we're doing. Right, and see, that's it, Fox. That, that like that's it, it's the care that you give. So that's something <laughs> we you know, we yeah. we appreciate that. Martin how you know, is, yeah. 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 The, moral, do, the moral of the story yeah. is you will do whatever it takes to get the best out of each promo and that's fantastic yeah. so i mean i think we're wrapping up bogs yeah. anything else to ask our fantastic guest no just thank you so much man for coming on uh you deserve all your kind of uh the yodi award is what you deserve yeah accolations <laughs> that you get. uh so yeah man thank you so much for coming on and uh yeah please don't be a stranger to the show Oh yeah, yeah. I was, it was great, man. Like, thank you for having me. Like, I always tell everyone this. Like, look, I, I'm, I'm super busy. Like, I work, um, pretty much around the clock because, like, I, I do this. But I also work for like other people too. I work for, uh, I, I do um, reaction videos on the side for people who like, you know, react to movies and shows and stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot of work that I have on my plate these days. But luckily, it's, it's easing up a bit now. I have a good workflow. Um, so I, I, I love doing. Um, other stuff with like people. I do um, our show with Video True every Monday and Thursday, yeah. the Video Chronic Pop Culture, Pop Culture Quiz. Um, and so, if you guys ever want to have me, have me back on, I'm always welcome. I'm always happy to come on and like chat about Schmodown. Like, I love talking about it, obviously, with people. That's why I do this. Um, so, if you want to have me back on at any point, please, uh, please feel free to ask. 
Yeah, last question. Which um, you're talking about inner geekdom, right? Is there any yeah. particular franchise or things that you are obviously without kind of giving any you know clues away? But because you know we're starting to do other shows now. We're doing a Star Wars show. We're going to do like a movie talk type show. So is there any other kind of uh, franchise or what your most kind of uh, what your favorite basically? Um, I'm pretty well versed in all of them. Like the only one I'm not as well versed in is Star Trek. That's just like it's just it's not like that's you know, my whole man. That's the one. Yeah. That's the same for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that's yeah, it's not uh necessarily like something like that I'm, I'm it's not that I'm uninterested in it. It's just like I didn't uh it, it wasn't the one thing that I grew up like with, you yeah. know. Like I, I've seen them all now, like as an adult, but that's like uh I didn't like grow up with them the same way I grew up with like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, like yeah, Marvel, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So it's just the one that I'm like, kinda like the least like most detached from. But mm -hmm. as far as like everything else, like, yeah, I I love Harry Potter, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, uh Marvel, DC, all that stuff. Like I, I'm pretty well versed in all of it, even like the ancillary stuff like you know uh uh the matrix and like all the other stuff like the uh scott pilgrim back to the future all the stuff that they asked that's like that brendan hannah would challenge that's not in them you know all that stuff yeah okay cool yeah i was gonna do a vegan police quote but uh yeah <laughs> yeah I didn't, I didn't know that that was not vegan. Yeah. <laughs> no eggs, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well guys that'll do it for this fantastic episode of the ultimate showdown show thank you again to Eric Nerdcronic for joining us. And, you know, find us everywhere at TUS Pod, TUSS Pod. We will be back next week. We'll be back on Friday. You know where we'll be. We're your live show every Friday. If there's a pay per view, we're an hour before. No pay per view, right at the strike of eight o'clock, just so you have that time in your head that Schmodown's going down. So that'll do it for us. And we'll be back next week. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for stopping by.